My Car Guru, Season 11, Episode 125. Okay, I'll admit it. I am a Lego building machine. It's my grandkids' fault, but I have just finished a McLaren Formula One race car that had about 2,500 pieces in it. It's about 25 inches long. It's a big old thing. I bring it down to Gateway and I display it. And people see and said, who built that? Your kids? Your grandkids? I said, no, I built that. So once I finished that project, well, I had to have another one. So I was going through the Lego website, and they've got all different skill levels. I'm, I'm at the 18 plus. I know, I'm 66, but I'm at the 18 plus category because it doesn't go any higher than that. And it's complicated. If you're thinking about doing something that's like a fun hobby, and it's way better than putting together puzzles because... I don't know. It's just the flat puzzle and the picture and searching through, finding all the pieces. I don't really get into that. I'd rather go by some instructions. And these instructions are like, well, they're flat, obviously, because it's on a page of paper. But you're trying to convert that to a 3D object. And sometimes it's it's hard. You have to pay attention. You can get ahead of yourself and put a whole bunch of things together and then have to disassemble it. I don't know. That probably doesn't sound like fun to you. And it's not because... I learned how to avoid that. I look at it from multiple angles. I put it together, like if I'm building an axle assembly, I'll put it all together and I'll look at it before I go any further and say, okay, is this right? I'll look at the picture and turn it several different directions. So it works pretty good. And then when you're done, you can display it at your car dealership. Oh, you don't have a car dealership. Well, it's a great conversation piece. You can put it on your mantle. Um, I guess you can put it anywhere your wife will let you put it. But it is a lot of fun, guys. I'm telling you. And girls, not to exclude anybody, because I just bought, I got my latest kit in. It's uh, for 18 plus, so I qualify. It's got 1,106 pieces. That's not too bad. That's, you know, I could probably finish that in, I don't know, 8, 10 hours. It's a Vespa 125, 1960 model, just like the 1954 Vespa that I have out here in the showroom. I've got the real thing, and I've got a Lego version of it, and I can't wait to get started. So that's my life. That and selling Nissans and Fords and used cars and golf carts at Green Outdoor. Um, You know, I really thought, I was thinking last night, is this what retirement looks like for me? I mean, I'm. there's a lot of you out there that retired probably in your 50s, maybe some fortunate ones in your 40s. But here I am, mid, well, towards the end of the 60s, and uh, still going strong and have no intentions of changing anything. I really do enjoy the car business and playing with old cars, selling new cars, enjoying the new technology, some of it, you know, Not so much the EV stuff, although I am signing a lease this afternoon for an Aria. Yeah, Nissan came out with this program for dealerships. They Nissan's approaching this EV thing pretty smart. I think they're using a little bit of logic. They know if the people that are selling them don't really believe in them or understand them, then it's going to be hard to convince a a buyer to either understand or be fired up about it. So... Nissan has is offering 
the dealers and their employees the opportunity to lease an Aria. It's a little crossover like SUV, four doors, uh, comes in two or four-wheel drive, either two motors or just one, and uh, electric motors, that is. And they'll go probably, I think the long-range battery is about 300 miles. So they're offering to lease these things to dealers and their employees for one year. One year. I mean, a one-year lease is typically very unaffordable, very expensive. And normally double what the the payment would be like on a 36-month lease, but not in this case. It's got a really high residual value, meaning that it won't depreciate. Well, they're saying it won't depreciate much. Very low interest rate. When you do it on an APR basis, it's about 2.2%. And uh, that makes the payment somewhere between $250 and $300 a month, including tax with no money down. That's a pretty low payment on a forty-five dollars to $50,000 vehicle. Now, you get the opportunity to experience what driving an electric vehicle every day is going to be like. And that may be a part of all of our lives at some point. I don't think it's anytime soon, but I think this is a really good approach. So thank you, Nissan. I'm glad I'm a Nissan dealer with this opportunity. Now, let me ask you this. If you're in the market for a car and you weren't really sure what you were going to buy, but you wanted a small SUV like the Aria, maybe a Nissan Rogue or a Honda CRV, that's about the same size, Toyota RAV4. I mean, that gives you an idea about what the size this vehicle is. Uh, would you try one for a year for, say, 250 to 300 a month? I mean, I don't know too many people that did turn that down unless they traveled a lot. That's a great opportunity. That might be the kind of thing that it takes to get people to try out EVs. I mean, I'm not on the bandwagon. Don't get me wrong. But I am a Nissan and a Ford dealer, and Ford is very much invested in the EV business with the Mach-E, which is a you know, slightly larger than the Aria, an electric vehicle, and then the Lightning, and then a whole bunch of other vehicles that are coming out in the not-too-distant future. And you look what Tesla has done. I mean, they sold, what was it, 480,000 EVs in the last quarter. It's not like they're not selling, folks. People are buying them. Uh, the middle part of America, I don't think, is where the market is. It's on the coasts, you know, where people have money and less sense. Did I say that out loud? I think I did. Okay, I'm going to take my first break, and I'll be back here in just one minute. Okay, in today's episode, I'm going to dive into something here. I thought it was interesting in Edmunds.com. Are you familiar with Edmunds? It's an automotive-related site. You can buy cars on it. Well, they advertise cars on that site, new and used. You can appraise your own vehicle. Uh, you can read reviews. So it's a pretty good source of information for people that are maybe shopping or just interested in the car business. Let me close this thing down here. Okay, now I can see it better. 100 tips for new car shoppers. 100? You know, that's kind of overkill. I try to keep it simple. But I thought I'd dive in, dive into a few of these things and see what they're talking about. How could they possibly come up with 100? But let's look at the first one. Take your time when you're car shopping. Well, that's a reasonable thing to say. Don't buy in a hurry unless you really have to. Now, you know, a lot of people have to. They are in a car accident and their car gets totaled. Or they have a major failure with their vehicle. Maybe the engine goes. 
that can be expensive. I mean, you're looking at, you know, on a used engine, just a, let's say you're driving a Chevy pickup truck and your 350 V8 just all of a sudden bites of dust. What's that cost? What do you do? You know, you can buy a crate motor, probably $3,500 plus labor, you know, to get it installed. That A crate motor is, is a rebuilt engine. It's an engine that's, you know, been, well, I mean, it, it went kaput. And then these companies buy these kaput engines and rebuild them, put new pistons and crankshafts and camshafts and valves, and they just completely go through the engine. About the only thing that's stock is the block itself. And then they resell these and put a warranty on them. So $3,500, you can do that. Uh, but if you're talking about like a sophisticated, a modern, even a four-cylinder engine, multi-valve, 16-valve engine with double overhead cams and and out of a Volkswagen, I mean, it could cost you ten dollars to $15,000 to replace that motor. And if the car has, I don't know, 200,000 miles on it, you're not going to do that. You're going to have to get a new vehicle. So what do you do? Well, you're in a hurry. Do you go back to the Volkswagen dealership and get another one of those? Do you uh, look at your new situation as far as your life is concerned? Maybe you're getting married, thinking about having kids. You know, there's all kinds of considerations. But I think too many people rush into it, and this car goes down, and then they just go shopping immediately. What you should do is go to a to Enterprise Car Rental and say, I want to rent a car that I think I might be inter- interested in, and or go to Hertz or whatever's close to you. You might go to the airport. Test drive some cars that way. Spend some time with them. Don't just go to a dealership and test drive cars. Go rent one. Your insurance company is going to pay for it for a period of time anyway, right? I mean, you've got rental car coverage for probably 30 days. There's no sense to jump right into it. But don't wait too long because I've seen that happen too. I've seen people, you know, dilly-dally, as my mom used to say, and they would wait until the last week and they say, oh, honey, we got to shop for a car now, you know, because they were enjoying this rental car and just didn't think about it. But that is a good approach. I've seen people do that and end up making a pretty good decision. You know, you can go back every week and, and say, I want to, Rent something different. You know, I want to try an SUV. I want to try a passenger car. You know, maybe you've been driving a Honda Accord and and you just want to try another passenger car. So you jump into, I don't know, Nissan Altima. Drive that for a week. Say, I'm going to try a CRV, you know, and you can jump around like that. Or a pickup truck or a Mustang. You know, people have done crazier things. So that's not a bad idea. Number two, we only have 98 to go. I'm not going to go through all these. Get pre-approved for a car loan. That's really important, folks. You know, you don't know, well, most people don't know what their credit rating is, what their score is. I found there's a lot of people that they just don't want to know. They're afraid of what they're going to hear. Well, that's not wise. It's better to know. And so you can either go to one of the the online credit bureaus like Experian, and and you can get a one-time credit pool. Well, I think you can do that once a year and get a free one. But find out what your score is. Now, your score is not everything. You can have an 800 Beacon score and still get turned down on a car loan if you don't have adequate income. If you're not employed right now, that's a problem. You know, they want to see that you have a job. They want to see your job time. There's all kinds of factors that go into whether you get approved on a car loan or not. But for goodness sake, get approved. You know, find out what you can do. You know, if I'm going into a car dealership and I don't really know what my credit is, I don't know anything about it, car dealers 
do this a lot. They, they can pull your credit. You have to authorize them to do that. Fill out a credit, credit application. Hope, hopefully, you are dealing with people with some integrity. Because if you give them all that information, that's a license for some abuse. Because then they can just try to slam you into a car just based on a monthly payment that you can afford, and you have no clue what you paid for the car. So it's better if you can go to a bank, have some type of a banking relationship, maybe your credit union. You know, you can walk in and say, listen, I just want to see what my credit's like, and I'd like to see if I could get pre-approved for a car loan. And what kind of interest rate would I qualify for? What kind of term? And what's the maximum amount that you would loan me on a new car? And then based on that amount, what would my monthly payment be? Now, wouldn't that be nice to be able to go into a car dealer already knowing all of that and not relying on them to be able to tell you what you would qualify for? Because you may find that the dealer says, well, we can get you a 14.9% APR. Well, yeah, I was just at the credit union. They said they could get me 4.9. You know, you might be at the wrong place if they come to that type of conclusion, if you know what I mean. Okay, another thing is, What's the insurance going to cost you on this new car? Now, I just bought that Porsche. It's a 2024 Carrera T, and it's an expensive car. And if I were going to drive that thing every day as my daily driver, I probably wouldn't own the car because the insurance is too expensive. So I limit my miles. I tell my insurance company I'm going to drive this thing no more than 5,000 miles a year. Oh, okay. Well, we'll give you a better rate then. You know, why would they give me a better rate? It's because the risk has been minimized because I'm not driving as much. Now, you're not going to take it to a racetrack. No, I'm not taking it to a racetrack. That would probably raise my insurance. But you need to find out on the car that you're interested in. Let's say that you take my advice. You go to, go to Enterprise Car Rental. Rent, rent this, uh, I don't know, Toyota RAV4. And you really like it. And you decide you want one. And get the VIN number and go to the insurance company or call them and say, what would my insurance cost me on an annual basis for this car? And they will tell you. And so then, okay, so you know your credit, you know what you qualify for as far as the loan is concerned, you know what the insurance is going to cost. And then really the only other consideration is reliability, you know, how expensive are these things to maintain. You know you know, it's going to cost you more to maintain a BMW than it is a, a Honda, right? You know that? Uh, a lot of people don't consider that, you know, that an oil change at a Mercedes-Benz dealership might be $450 if you do everything they recommend. Yeah, I mean, it can be that that dramatic of a difference. So these are important things to know. What else do they say? Uh, read editors and consumer reviews on vehicles. I totally agree with this. I just don't agree with where they tell you to go read, like consumer reports. Not a big fan. I think they're extremely import car biased, and they can't get over it. I think the best place to go is to the car magazines, Motor Trend, Car and Driver, Road and Track, uh, Auto Week, and Automobile magazines. Those are the ones that do the comparison tests, and they have real-world experience and driving and evaluating cars. Uh, they're not just these people that graduate from college and say, hey, I want to evaluate cars. No, these are uh, former race car drivers and professionals who love cars and really 
think it's important to provide accurate information as to whether, you know, a Chevy Silverado pickup truck is better. In what ways is it better or worse than an F-150 or than a Ram? Uh, These are valuable tests to read. So if I'm looking at a, I don't know, if I'm looking at a RAV4 versus a CRV versus a Nissan Rogue versus a Chevy Equinox, then I want to see if there's any tests that have been done on car and driver, you know, that compares those things, you know, small SUVs. I guarantee they're there because I was reading them last week. So it's an important thing to do, and it will give you some uh, greater insight. So that's a good one. See, we've already been through, what, three or four out of 100? Let's take another break. I'll be back in just a minute. Okay, I am back. You know, you really don't need to look at 100 to know. If you just do the things that I just have already talked about and and understand that your trade value, you'll be fine. Um, and take somebody with you who's a pretty good negotiator and has bought a lot of cars before. I'm sorry I can't go with you. I can virtually, you know, if you want to give me a call in the middle of a transaction. I've done that several times, and that's quite fun for me. 423-552-2020. Imagine you're sitting in a car dealership in Sonoma, California. Is that where? Yeah, that's in California. It's happened to listen to this guy. I've got a podcast. I'm going to give him a call. And you call me and say, yeah, I'm sitting in a dealership in Sonoma, California, and the salesman just left, and they're offering me this much for my trade-in. And what's it really worth, Lenny? And I tell you. And then you've got some ammunition. I, that's happened several times. It happened to me at a guy that was at a Volvo dealership, and he was trying to trade his Mazda. At the time, I was a Mazda dealer, and he'd heard about my show, and, and I don't know how he got my phone number, but my phone rang, and it, he was there at the dealership uh, in the showroom. He wasn't sitting in the sales booth at that point, but he said, I've got this Mazda 626. What's it worth? Hurry, hurry. You know, And it was kind of fun. I said, well, just go outside and t- take a smoke break, even if you don't smoke, and let's talk about it. And so I armed him with several key bits of information that helped him get a great deal. And I got the nicest letter after that was all over with. Well, it wasn't a letter. It was an email, but still. And he said, thank you so much, and I'll tell my friends about you. And uh, you never know how something like that's going to play out. But I love helping people. That's my mission. Okay, let's skip all the way up here towards the end of this list. Let's see. What's this? Nine, number 97. Remember that there is no cooling off period when buying a car. Be sure you're comfortable with the purchase before you sign the contract. Amen. So if you buy a house, if you sign a mortgage document, you have, I think it's three days to back out on it. If somebody comes to your house and sells you a car at your house at your dinner table, well, it doesn't have to be at your dinner table. It could be on your porch. It could be anywhere. But it's not at the dealership. You have three-day right of rescission in most states. Not all states. I'm in Tennessee right now, so our laws are a little bit different than some others, but pretty consistent, I'd say, as far as uh, unless you're talking about California or New York or Rhode Island. So cooling off period would give you an opportunity to say, you know, I made a big mistake. Now, there are some uh, car, uh, well, just like Carvana. I think they have a money-back guarantee. Yeah, just try executing that one. I've heard that one's pretty bad. 
Uh, Tesla also had that at one time. I don't think they do that anymore. But if you get a car and you don't like it, or if uh, you felt like you were deceived, then it's pretty much tough if you sign the paperwork and drive off. Now, if there was some type of a fraud committed that you can prove, you'll have to prove it. You have to take them to court. And if you signed a arbitration agreement, which a lot of a lot of dealers, larger dealer groups, if you're going to a, a dealership that is owned by like Auto Nation, somebody like that, I'm not sure they have a mandatory arbitration. Wouldn't surprise me though, because most of the larger dealer groups don't want you taking them to court, because they know that it could turn into a class action or something much bigger than they want. So they they uh, make you sign an arbitration agreement, and you don't even know it because they're sh- shoving all this paperwork in front of you. You know, and you're just signing stuff here, sign here, sign here, sign here. And very few people say, well, wait a minute. What's this about arbitration? Well, it means that if you have a disagreement with us that you can't sue us, you have to go agree to third-party arbitration. Well, that's not a good way to start off a trusting relationship, is it? But hopefully, you're not going to need a cooling-off period because you did some of the other steps that I suggested at the beginning of this radio show. And uh, you're going to make a wise decision, and you're going to think about it. You're going to get the numbers from them. I know, you've been looking at cars all day. You'd really like to take one home, but you're you're not going to. You're going to go home, and you're going to think about it. And they'll, they'll use all kinds of pressure tactics to get you to not think about it, but that's what you need to do because more than likely, If it's the right decision, you'll still feel just as positive about it on Monday as you did on Saturday night. And if you do, then you're going to feel a whole lot more comfortable when you go in there and pick it up. It's just such a peaceful, easy feeling like the Eagles song. And that's what you need to do. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru. I'm just trying to save you money. Give me a call, 423-552-2020, or send me an email, LennyLawson2020 at gmail.com, and I'll see you next time.